past few weeks, we've been diving into our series called First. The series has been about putting God first in our lives. Our series scripture is Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added to you. This sermon title is called First Obedience and Then Blessing. So if you have your Bibles and or your tablets, if you're cool like Pastor Godwin, or your phone, turn to 1 Kings chapter 17, verses 8 through 16. And I do want to thank you, uh, Pastor Godwin, for giving me this opportunity. I really do appreciate it. I want to thank my wife for listening to me over and over again, <laughs> repeat this message, and her telling me, hey, you're talking fast. What are you, an option? Slow down. <laughs> Uh, I want to open up the word of prayer this power heads. <laughs> Father God, we come before you, Lord. I pray for this word, Lord. I pray, God, that people receive this, Lord. I pray, God, for this series that we're in, God, as it continues, Lord, that we constantly put you first in our lives, Father. And I pray, God, that you continue to bless this church and bless our people. In Jesus' name, and we all said. Amen. So first obedience and then blessing. That's the title. Obedience in hard times brings blessings. So if there's anything you're going to take away from this sermon, remember that point right there. So that way when you leave here and your grandma asks you how church was, you have an answer. <laughs> Obedience in hard times brings blessing. So in this passage that we're going to read right now, it's the main focal point is, or who it's about is Elijah. And if you don't know who Elijah is, Elijah was a prophet during a tough time in Israel's history. The nation had turned away from the Lord to worship Baal, and King Ahab had formed an alliance with Sidon by marrying their princess Jezebel. Which, it's not good, you know. Elijah was sent to show Israel the evil of their ways and encourage them to return to the Lord. So Elijah meant business, and he was about the Lord's business. So, just so we're clear, that's who Elijah is. Now, in this text, we have Prophet Elijah on his road to basically spread the, the word, the, to bring the news that God has for the people. He was given a prophecy, and the prophecy was that God was going to bring a drought upon the earth that was going to last less than three years. It doesn't say if it was two years or nine months. I don't know what it was. The Bible just says it was less than three years. And he was on the road to Zarephath to meet a widow. And the widow was there to take care of him. So if you want to read from verse 8, we have that? Cool. So from verse 8, if you guys want to follow along. Then the word of the Lord came to him. Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, behold, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Bring me a little of water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to bring it, he called to her and said, Bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And she said, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar, and a little oil in a jug. And now I am gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself in my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, 
Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me, and afterward make some something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty, <clears throat> until the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. So verse 15, And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. So there's a few things I want to point out in this passage that we just read. I know it's a lot, but we're going to break it down. A key factor is that in, during this time, there was a drought. And we know this because God told Elijah. When a drought was upon the land, it, it, it was nowhere near the drought that they say we have here in California. You can go across the street and buy a bottle of water from Norway if you wanted to. A drought in that time affected everything. A drought in that time affected, there was no water to supply for the land, right? No water for the crops. The crops that fed the cattle, and the cattle that worked for the people and also fed the people. So a drought in that time, it only meant that the strong was going to survive. And this drought was brought on and intended by God. It was a form of punishment God was getting to the people at that time. So again, obedience in hard times brings blessings. So first, I want to talk to you guys about obedience. So if you go to verse 9 again, it says, Arise. It says, Arise. Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow there to feed you. <clears throat> I know when we hear this, we think about the instruction that God gave Elijah, because the focal point of the story typically is Elijah. But when you look at that scripture, God says, I commanded a widow to, to, to be there, to feed you, to take care of you. So we know that God gave the widow clear direction as well. That he gave her the opportunity to be obedient. Right? He gave her a, call, a pathway for Elijah as well. Here's a definition of obedience. Wives, this is, this is good. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> the definition of obedience is compliance with an order, request, or law, or submission to another's authority. Deuteronomy 5.33 says, Walk in obedience to all that the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live and prosper and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Jeremiah 7.23 says, But I give them this command, Obey me. And I will be your God, and you will be my people. Walk in obedience to all I command you, that it may go well with you. The opportunity to obey God should be exactly what we look for in our walk with God. It provides us with opportunities for our faith to grow, and it keeps us on the path that God intends for us. C.S. Lewis says, and I quote, Obedience is the key that opens every door. <clears throat> obedience is hard, especially if you're hard-headed like myself. But obedience is what ultimately will unlock the blessings that God has for our lives. 
Obedience can be scary because we don't always see the blessing involved with being obedient. But you know what comes at even an even higher cost than being obedient? You know you can't see the, the, the blessing God has. You know what's even higher cost than that? It's disobedience. Because pay attention to the world around you when Christians aren't following in the path that God has for them and how much chaos can be created in people's lives and the lives around them because they refuse to obey God. But with any form of obedience that we have with God, there's also a portion of that that's going to be sacrificed for ourselves. Now again, I'm going to repeat it again because I want you guys to remember this point. Obedience in hard times brings blessings. <clears throat> so now I'm going to talk to you guys about sacrifice and what sacrifice means. Elijah makes his way to Zarephath and he's able to find the widow that God had waiting for him. Now historically, we know that Elijah was able to point out the widow because in biblical times, a widow wore different clothing to identify themselves separate, separate from the community. In Genesis 38, 14, it talks about a woman that changed her widow's clothes and she put on a veil to disguise herself and she went and, you can read it, but she was like in love with the guys so she was watching, trying to figure out what she wanted to marry him. But that's beside the point. My point is, she wore different clothing because she had to identify herself separate from the community. And the reason is because it put her in a position for the community to be able to send help to her. Does that make sense? It put her in a position where, where they know that if they go and help her, you're not dishonoring another man. So that's how, she was, that's how Elijah was able to find the woman that God had waiting for him. Now if we go to verse 11, this is when she's getting the water for Elijah, and she was going to bring it. He said to her, bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. Now we can clearly remember that from verse 9, which you don't have a reference right now, Elijah was told to go there and, and God commanded the woman to feed him. So Elijah went there knowing there was going to be food. He went there with the intent to have his belly filled. This isn't the first time Elijah displayed his obedience to God. His obedience has constantly resulted in him knowing that he was going to be fed. If you go back a few scriptures in the same book, chapter, in same, chapter 17, before his journey to Zarephath, you will find that Elijah was told to go to Jordan, and when he gets to Jordan, there will be a brook for him to drink from, and ravens were commanded by God to feed him. And he had to pretend that he was a baby bird, so the raven, I'm just kidding, that's not what it says. <laughs> if you don't know what a raven is, it looks like a, it looks like a crow. But God, like, Elijah was going places, walking in his faith, and he knew God had birds providing food for him. This is how this is how obedient he was to God and how confident he was about his next meal. Now, me for myself and personally, honestly, I'll go just about anywhere for the free meal bowl. That's that's the truth. Elijah's obedience went as far as walking to Zarephath. Never did God give him any reason to worry. It's important to point out the level of sacrifice that each person in this text had made. Verse 12 says, and this is the widow's words. She says to Elijah, well, after he asked her to bring him bread, she says, As the Lord your God lives, I have nothing baked, only a handful of flour in a jar, and a little oil in a jug. 
And now I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Her obedience went as far as tending to the man God sent her. However, the sacrifice she was making was huge. She was expecting, like you have to really understand that she was expecting to die. Imagine the fear she experienced. Not only was she expecting death for herself, but also for her son. Put yourself in that situation. Not only is your obedience to God affecting your own life, but the life of someone that you're accountable to. A spouse, maybe a child, a relative. Elijah was expecting to receive that whole time, and the widow was expecting to lose. <clears throat> the severity of the drought and the examples given in the Bible how low her food supply was, regardless of the garment she wore, separating herself from the community, which in reality was a signal for like, hey, I'm here, I wear this, so that way you guys can come help me, right? No one was helping. She had no food. There was zero help coming. Psalms 4-5 says, Offer right sacrifices and put your trust in the Lord. In the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 41 through 44, it's a story about Jesus watching the crowd give their offerings to the temple treasury. When a widowed woman walked up and gave her last two coins, Jesus then pointed her out because her offering was far greater than everyone else's. Now mind you, it was all believers because it was to the temple treasury that Jesus was watching. This light is making my right ear so hot. <laughs> it's like red. I feel like red. It is red, huh? I knew it. Jesus stopped and pointed out her offering <clears throat> because it was far greater than everyone else's, even though it was her last two coins. He said everyone was getting from their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, her poverty, put in everything, all that she had to live on. The sacrifices made from you following God shouldn't make you feel like it's a competition with the next believer. Some people sacrifice their time, others their wallet, and some of their relationships. Sacrifice comes in many forms. The only thing she was certain of is that the Lord gave her a command and she obeyed it, even though she was positive she would be dying alongside her son. Adam Neerum Judson, who was an American Baptist missionary, <clears throat> he says, and I quote, there is no success without sacrifice. If you succeed without sacrifice, it is because someone has suffered before you. If you sacrifice without success, it is because someone will succeed after. So we've talked about obedience and how God calls us in the direction, but we have to respond to the call. We've talked about sacrifice and how sacrifice will always be necessary when being obedient to God. And now we're going to talk about blessings because obedience in hard times brings blessings. Now, if we continue from verse 13, Elijah said to her, Do not fear. Go and do as you have said. But first, what, which is, it, it's crazy to me that she's like, Yeah, okay, I'm going to go make your bread, and then I'm going to make whatever I have left with some sticks I found outside, and I'm going to go die. And Elijah goes, Don't be afraid. Which, is, in my mind, it's like, 
the confidence that he has to tell her that and not expect some kind of backlash. Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but first make me a little cake of it and bring it to me. And afterward, make, me something, for, make something for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the, the day the Lord sends rain upon the earth. And she went and did as Elijah said, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The jar of flour was not spent, neither did the jug of oil become empty, according to the word of the Lord that he spoke by Elijah. <clears throat> because of her sacrifice, God blessed her. Her willingness to give the last of what she had in the midst of a drought that was affecting everyone on earth is what brought the blessing from God. Of her flour never running low and her oil never running dry until the day the Lord brought rain. It's important to note that the blessing was given to the widow's home. This is, this is important. I want you to pay attention to this part. If you haven't paid attention to me, please just listen. Out of her obedience and sacrifice, the Lord blessed her. And because of her abundance, she continued to bless Elijah and feed him. When God blesses us, he also wants us to give with what we have, especially if it's in abundance. Oswald Chambers says, if you have become bitter and sour, it is because when God gave you a blessing, you hoarded it. Yet if you have poured it out, on, out to him, you will have been the sweetest person on earth. If you are always keeping blessings to yourself and never learning to pour out anything to the Lord, other people, now this part's amazing, other people will never have their vision of God expanded through you. He wants us to pass on what we pass to others. Yes, the widow was blessed, and Elijah was taken care of, but ultimately, Elijah never had a place to call home. Now, I know being a prophet, and, you know, in our mind, when we read the Bible, especially as a man, you know, it sounds like something, like, I want it, I, I, I want that. You know, you, you see it, you, everyone wants to be Elijah. But you really have to consider the life he chose. You had to take a, 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 a Gentile woman, right, and, and a widow is what was provided for him as a grown man, right? I'm sure there's moments where Elijah felt hopeless, and it's evident that the widow felt hopeless. But the same God that provided for them is the same God that we gather here today in our church to worship and pray to and, and be communion with. So Worship and guess come up. I'm not closing just yet, but you're going to see that now I'm going to really sound like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> so I want to clarify an important part of this story. Uh, verse 14. Excuse me. Verse 14. For thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, the jar of flour shall not be spent, and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. God blessed her home, but there was an ending date to that blessing. Once the rain started, the unlimited supply of oil and flour stopped.